Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. On this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Mason Taylor, who's the founder of Australia's leading tonic herb and medicinal mushroom product called Superfeast. Mason and I sit down and discuss how you can incorporate tonic herbs and medicinal mushrooms into your daily lives. Welcome to the show, Mason. I'm so, so excited to have you on and happy to have you here. I have so many questions about your products. But before we get started with all of that, can you give us your background and a little history of who you are? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. It's very exciting to be chatting to you again. First time on the pod, though. Very honored. I mean, yeah, my background is I've started my business, Superfeast, 10 years ago. Before that, I was just at uni studying something I didn't really enjoy and not really liking being involved in institutional education after I'd got in. I'd been before that, I'd just been backpacking and been a ski instructor and been a bartender and I was becoming quite disillusioned at uni. And then I took a year out to go traveling and just during that time just started having my just a little my own little health awakening that had always kind of been there and was continuing from little moments. There was always little moments I had when I was growing up and one particular when I was 14, just hearing the statistics around diabetes and cancer and on my way to school and just internally kind of really crossing my fingers, not for myself, but for everyone else, just like really hoping that they didn't become one of those statistics and remembering how crippling that was. It was like just been, you know, it was just submissive. It was very submissive kind of feeling. And then that was the same feeling I got when I was in Bolivia. And I just had a couple of minor things going on with my own health. And I just dropped into my body and I just could feel myself going, oh, I hope I don't end up in this direction. This exacerbating and my immune system never been really that healthy. And that's when I just started going, all right, that's enough of that victim mentality or let's hope mentality. Hopefully there's something I can do about this. And so I just got back and started diving into the deep end of like real that time, I think real quite fanatical health circles, but yet I had a lot of fun in them. I had a lot of fun becoming a raw foodist and doing all those kinds of things. Perfect time for me to be doing it in my early 20s. Couldn't do too much damage with my fanaticism and my thinking. I knew instantly what the world needed to be healthy. Yet I learned a lot. And one of the things I did start to learn about was around herbalism, because I was like, I want herbs to be a part of my life, but I'd go and look into Western herbalism and I really, really didn't want to become a practitioner. I learned that about myself in around the health scene quite early on. And I guess the reason for that will come out as we go along. I'll just put that out there. When you say practitioner, do you mean like doctor? Yeah, practitioner, clinical herbalist, Chinese medicine doctor, formally trained in any kind of modern institution. And I'm not that I'm against anyone that knows me. Generally, I'll have a lot of experts naturopathic, acupuncture, Chinese medicine experts on my own podcast. I love collaborating with them, but I don't know. I just didn't like that feeling of ownership that there was around, especially herbalism and even just the way that herbs were defined as being purely for specific symptoms or reductionist diseases. Very useful. I love it. I'm a big fan of it, but it was just so boring to me at that time. And I think is boring for most people when they're just going about their everyday lives 
not dealing with symptoms and don't want to be pulled into that patient mentality constantly. And it's really boring. It happens a lot that people can't get themselves out of that patient mentality. And even though people only know a tiny little bit about health or home remedies or herbalism or their body, they're even scared to consider taking some kind of like responsibility for it because leave that to the doctors, leave that to the acupuncturists, leave that to that institution over there. And the other side of it is people completely boycott any institution or organization, creates a lot of structure and is really beautiful when there's Western medicine acute trauma going on or chronic disease in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, especially the classical, the ones that haven't been bastardized and had the spirit ripped out of it in the modern age. They're really great for when you go, all right, I'm out of my depth here. I think I should go see a practitioner and get over myself and not have an ego about not wanting anyone to ever help me. There's a middle ground between those that really I enjoyed and I found really empowering. And people think it's quite mundane for someone to know that if you're exhausted, you can make some quite simple lifestyle changes and add the Taoist, say, Jing herbs in to help bring some flow to your kidneys. But I found that the most transformational and real subtle. And it's a real thankless type of folk medicine. And I like that in you know, the grandma, grandpa kind of real thankless style of medicine in the home. And I'm not necessarily an encyclopedia for that kind of home remedy stuff. It doesn't mean I'm not an advocate for it and a fan for it. I was studying Western herbs and I was like, nah, it's all disease and specific micro actions and they're fun. I use them. And then I discovered the Taoist herbs and they had a real long-term multidimensional languaging around them, language that was useful in the instance of a clinician working in disease states and also someone who had never had a disease state in their life who was curious about making sure they had a lifestyle and a herbal practice and a physical practice that was going to allow them to age as gracefully as possible. Hopefully they were really nice and robust in their future. And as well, it had a philosophy behind it around making sure that the point of us having really beautiful foundations, so strong bones, a lot of bone marrow, kidney strength and endurance was so that we had this foundation so we could process our emotions and keep our energy flowing so that we could then integrate all of life's lessons into our spirit and our heart so that we could become less of an asshole or less of a projecty, stuck, not able to process your emotions person. Then here's me putting my words on it. So you're not a burden on yourself. You're not stuck in fear. You're not gripped with this lack of capacity to go through the initiations and the shedding of the skin that life throws at you. And there's going to be many of them, which is the irony of everyone who's such an expert these days, especially in my world where I'm not a practitioner. And there's a lot of like two minute noodle health experts out there. And I felt myself become one of them at one point. I had to clip myself and just kind of come back into my own. That's why I was lucky I had my business to kind of retreat into and go back to the dojo and go back to the drawing board for myself and then learn for me myself in this next edition of my life, what it was I was needing to learn. But I do know there's a lot of people who take that too far in terms of like being an expert right here and now. And that can be in the practitioner world as well. And the institutional world, we know how people in an institution like the medical institution don't like to know that they're not very good at treating a disease. In fact, they're awful at it. In fact, they contribute to a lot of death trying to do it. And they're like, oh, watch. Get out of it. I'm like, well, you could use a little bit of ancient philosophy behind you to allow you to become a collaborative person. When something stops being collaborative, it starts becoming parasitic. 
And that's why people get a funny feeling around the medical system, because even though majority of it is trying to move on, there's some real key positions that are becoming parasitic. It's unfair to those people that are still really evolving in that world. Nonetheless, that's what we live in. That's why I started Superfeeds, because I fell in love with these herbs that were about that, about people being able to like, just get a bit of a handle on who they are, get a little bit more energy so that they can continue to show up and do their chop wood, carry water, practice. When your energy and your elements flow, that's what these herbs are all about. And they have been for thousands and thousands of years. When your energy of your body flows and your organs flow, you can't help but develop. When you're stagnant and just making do with your deficiencies and your stagnations because you've just got a typical white bread flabby lifestyle, then it's much harder to spiritually develop because you literally aren't creating the cascades and the movements that are literally necessary for your body to perceive the changes that are going on in you and the world around you. So through the herbs, I kind of sit back at this point and talk about them. Yeah, mushrooms, the Taoist herbs that are the mushrooms, the tree mushrooms. Yep, they're great for immunity and protecting the body. And yeah, like the Jing herbs, beautiful for restoring core energy. And those Taoist beauty herbs like Shizandra for the liver, the ones in the beauty blend, they're amazing for beauty and for the skin and for the liver. But what happened to me when I was looking into these is I liked the fact that you couldn't separate that if you get on these long enough, it's the same way if you do your physical movement long enough and do a little bit of therapy or a little bit of whatever, like psychedelic assisted therapy or whatever it is over the long term sustainably, you're going to get some transformative results and you're not going to be as much of an asshole and you're not going to be as much of a burden on your institution, your economy and your family. The amount of people that bitter about the way life turned out for them, that they just like spew it all over everyone around them. Don't judge them for that. I haven't got there yet. And I have a beautiful friend. He's 71. And we talk about that. And he goes, look, we'll see how we go. And that's it. I might be an utter failure as a 70 year old. We'll see. But as far as in my eyes anyway, (laughs) but nonetheless, to go on that trajectory to being one of those elders that aren't doing that to the people around them and to the family. I mean, can you imagine the world that we live in when they've still got their sovereignty at that age? It sounds like you started this because you experienced some health issues, but also you just want people to feel good and live longer. Mm, That's basically it. Live longer, perhaps, maybe as a byproduct. I don't really mind how long people live, but... Just feel um, more joyful and happier. Yeah. And even if they don't feel massively joyful, they have the capacity for joy. That's an Ayurvedic in the Rasayana. So the tonic herbs of Ayurveda. So these herbs that are able to, you know, and when we talk about tonic herbs, these are the herbs that can be integrated into one's lifestyle. They're not just used clinically. They're used to bring a graceful aging, ward off premature aging, restore the body after disease or weakness, to bring lightness to the body, help the spirit come through the body. These are the herbs that are regulatory. They're adaptogenic. They're the ones the grandmas would throw into the broth just to Trojan horse it into everyone because they wanted them to be having their ginseng or their reishi or their astragalus or whatever it is. But a part of the reasoning behind having these herbs in the Ayurvedic system like shilajit and tulsi and ashwagandha and brahmi is you have the capacity for spontaneous joy. There's a lot of people that don't have that. And that really helped frame it for me because, so like you suggested, I do have that feeling I want people to be joyful and enjoying life. 
But then as I got a little bit older and I still value, but I was just like, oh, it's not really as important to me as I thought it was. But when you don't have the capacity for joy, just to kind of like rise up out of you spontaneously, and then an immense gratitude of life to just kind of flood you in that moment, it might flood away just as quickly. But the fact that there's that capacity there, it really tied me to that Ayurvedic intention around these herbs and made me just think they get it. They really get it. Of course they get it. I'm the one getting it. That's back then my egoic self going, yeah, of course. Me as a 27-year-old, I will give my thumbs up approval to one of the oldest, if not the oldest proven medical system on the planet. Good on you, Ayurveda. You get it. Well, I want to talk about your line of products. You already kind of touched on the tonic herbs, but you also have a line of medicinal mushrooms. Before we even get into that, can you explain what medicinal mushrooms are? We're not talking about psilocybin here or like the regular mushrooms you get at your local supermarket. We're talking about like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, turkey tail. Can you kind of break them down for me and explain, first of all, what medicinal mushrooms are? Yeah, absolutely. A class of mushrooms, generally they're tree growing mushrooms or they're working symbiotically, some parasitically with trees or dead wood. And what we get access to is the fruiting body. So the mycelium grows up in through the tree and then there's a mycorrhizal relationship there where the mushroom is actually majority of the time spewing up its enzymes so that that externally digests the wood so that then it can absorb the carbohydrates because those mushrooms are underground, can't get access to sunlight or energy. And then through that magical collaboration, even if it's a parasitic mushroom, it's still a collaboration of nature. That's the important part. We'll get to sourcing, tapping into that real ancient relationship when sourcing and that the magic you can feel when I talk about that dance between the trees and the wood and the mushrooms. That's what's captured in the sourcing that can eventually be captured in the mushroom as best as possible without going out and foraging it yourself. That's why a lot of people get to our products and they're just like, oh man, there's a special something in there. And I've got a lot of colleagues doing it right as well. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time people are saying, oh, I've tried that one and it was good. And I felt something. Most of the time they feel kind of like stimulated, but there's like that special something or that special source. And it's capturing that authentic relationship that happens in nature. But these mushrooms, they will then throw their fruiting body out of the wood. And then that's what's harvested. Non-psychoactive, good collaborators with psychedelic mushrooms. We're a sponsor of the Mind Medicine Australia here, which is the leading charity developing psilocybin psychedelic assisted therapy practitioners here. It's a very legitimate organization working in the universities. And we've got the medicinal mushrooms working side by side. Likewise, we've got more of our grassroots healers and people serving up other kinds of medicines using the medicinal mushrooms side by side as well, just because they're so amazing coming in and helping the body become more like adaptive is the word being able to regulate and modulate itself more. Therefore, the body's better at integration in any of these kinds of senses, like any of these kinds of therapies, any of these kinds of journeys, processes, you get the medicinal mushrooms in there as well. You are going to see an integration of that experience happen sometimes exponentially faster. It's just so beautiful all around medicine for the body. You're seeing that People are just like getting back into having these medicines in their life. And they've been so deficient 
of immune medicine that doesn't tell their immune system what to do. Herbs as well, you know, herbs are so intelligent and beautiful, especially drugs coming in and going, all right, pick it up, pick it up. I don't care if you don't have any bloody juice left. Just stimulate, you bastard, versus going in and hitting receptor sites and actually turning that immune system on, nourishing that immune system as fast as the immune system can go, supporting those core processes and functions that is going to naturally see not only higher counts of immune cells, but more intelligent ratios of immune cells and more intelligent ratios of immune action throughout the body. So yeah, that's a little quick snippet of the medicinal mushrooms. And I love medicinal mushrooms. I've recently been taking cordyceps and lion's mane almost every day just to like focus and have energy. For someone who is just starting out and wants to incorporate some medicinal mushrooms and tonic herbs into their wellness practice or their daily rituals, what advice would you give them to start with? Beautiful. Great news is you are in the golden age of taking medicinal mushrooms. Again, not psychedelic, just magic in their own right and what they do for your immune system. And then many other things going on in your body that you can or may never learn about. But it's fascinating just what they're doing. These mushrooms have been so revered over time. And in China, especially where a lot of the, you know, the Taoist herbs, ancient herbs come from, they were just for the emperors, empresses, concubines, upper echelons of society. The whole supply chain, it was so rare because it was pretty much all wild and less capacity to get a whole trove of people out there wild harvesting sustainably. There just wasn't a supply. Now we're in the age where us and the general population can get these herbs from their spiritual homelands, if you have the connections, and you can do so in a way that's sustainable. Most of the time, wild harvesting isn't going to be that sustainable anymore. But if you can't do wild sustainable, then you wouldn't be now have a way of growing DDAO, the way where those herbs are as close to nature as possible. And so the mushrooms that you're going to be looking at no doubt getting fascinated by just having this beautiful relationship with is going to be shaga mushroom, the absolute king of immunity and adaptability. Beautiful skin medicine, just with all its melanin content. Beautiful, beautiful antifungal herb that just doesn't focus on the antifungal, works on the adaptability of the immune system to overcome anything that's trying to break it down prematurely. Reishi mushroom, the queen of mushies, most revered herb in all of Taoist herbalism, you could say in all of Chinese herbalism. It's got so many immunological king-hitting, queen-hitting factors going on for it, but it's medicine on the nervous system and then what it does as a shen tonic, as we know in, in Taoism, just being able to calm the mind and bring the spirit through. So beautiful. You do some reishi in correlation, combination with just your sleep practice is a beautiful way to look, um, experience it to start with but with meditation as well, you'll feel such a beautiful difference. Cordyceps, powerhouse medicinal mushroom, won't go too far into all of them, but just the level of foundation that brings back into the body, which then can be seen in your unique athletic potentiation, no matter whether you consider yourself athletic or not. You might be 70 years old and I would say, get on cordyceps and just feel that athletic stamina, that lung capacity, just come back with a vengeance. People like having that before a workout. People can feel that going to town. Lion's mane is probably the most loved herb in the West right now. And that's probably- Definitely my favorite. 
<laughs> mm, it's really valid as well. The focus is what everyone feels. It's such an incredible gut tonic. It's such an amazing immune tonic, but in the Western sense, it's nerve growth factor. It's the anti-inflammatory nature of it. People feel their brains just turn on when they yeah, get- Yeah, because it also increases brain-derived neurotropic factors, which helps with aging and your brain in general. It's a pretty magic one. It's interesting because it's at the infancy of if it's Western scientific study. So it's going to be interesting to see where it all falls and see for everyone to get a handle on like the pathways that it's working on. I'm a fan of looking at the science, but from where I come from, I don't even go deep into the classifications within clinical Chinese medicine. I'm just getting more and more simple with these tonic herbs that are so gentle and can be used by so much of the population and is so useful to so much of the population. And then and the fact that they have for thousands of years have been like identified. Yeah, we know those ones are non-toxic. Get those ones in your lifestyle, get those ones in your diet because there's a lot of shit going on out there. There's a lot of stuff in the environment. That's back then. That's the amount of stress we thought like there was like a couple of thousand years ago when we first heard about these herbs in the first Materia Medica. Everyone has a lot to learn about taking herbs and taking responsibility for their own lifestyle and not being fully reliant on there being drugs and surgery or even a naturopath to fix things when you get too far down the road, when you've allowed stress to overtake your life. We have a lot to learn and there's a lot of maturity to happen. And I understand why clinicians get frustrated when they're like, people can't handle it because I'm going to take this example of 0.001 of the population that are sometimes irresponsible when they get access to herbs and supplements, which is quite often goodwill and sometimes the ego of practitioners not liking de centralization of what they feel like they should have control over because they're not interesting enough people that they need to attribute their personality to that which they are giving out in clinic or the medicine or the thing that they studied. So there's an acknowledgement though that everyone is working. It's the same with like breathing practices. These ancient breathing practices that everyone's so hot on at the moment, which are magic. People think I talk about like these heating practices, like they should stop doing it. I don't mean that. It's like with these herbs as well. We need to respect the fact that they are medicinal, that you may be taking medications, that you may start taking too much in the beginning. And the best thing about like, it's the same with the breathing practices. Should you be doing these big yang masculine breathing practices that charge your body up constantly if you're depleted and then jumping into cold water? For most of the people, yeah, it's probably pretty good. Definitely great for my body. But there is that portion of the population or there's a definitely a portion of women who have already got a cold uterus and then that's going to cool them down anymore and maybe cause a little bit of damage. But that's a small proportion that just shows we just in general need a little bit more of maturity and we need a little bit more information out there in that community. And it's the same with herbs. Doesn't mean we should stop doing it. Doesn't mean we should throw the baby out with the ice cold bathwater. It just means we all need to take responsibility for the fact that in decentralization, you're going to get caught up your ego is going to get caught up. And so that's why I bring it up to kind of speak for the fact, even though I think these tonic herbs should belong to people, this system should belong to people. It's worth just remembering to just stay just a little Everything bit. Everything in moderation and really just tuning into your body. Your body never lies, right? That's hmm. the first place you go. I mean, meditation also teaches you that as well. 
I had a question in terms of, there's a lot of gut issues going around. A lot of us in the Western hemisphere have a lot of Mm. gut issues like candida and mold problems. Can people with these types of issues still take medicinal mushrooms? Yeah, they should. I won't say all they'll regret it. (laughs) There's other ways to go about it. But they're just proven so amazing for gut issues, so amazing for candida. Counterintuitive that they are fungi themselves, but it's in a different class. The body evolved, obviously, being trying to be broken down by fungus. So our immune system has evolved alongside fungi. And our body's very good at picking it up and taking care of it. Because that's how part of our immune system evolved. But the medicinal mushrooms, they work on those same pathways. And the body does pick up that there's fungus involved and goes, hmm, maybe I should take you down this pathway and gobble you up and break you down. But the medicinal mushrooms are kind of like a mystery shopper or they're like in war games where they're actually a friend and they get gobbled up and they get taken deep into the immune system. And when they're digested, they're still active and they are in perfect shapes to hit receptors of the immune system of the deep innate immune system, which is something a drug can't do. And a fungus that's detrimental in context is obviously not going to be able to do, doesn't have that capacity, but the medicinal mushrooms do. So all you're going to do is you're going to see this capacity, this intelligence, the immune, and the lights get turned on in the immune system all over the body when you take them, which is only going to be useful in the case of fungus. I mean, I'm at this point where I've got conversation after conversation with practitioners who over 10 years have eventually come around to go, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, well, I'm with you on that one now. And it's like a core part of the protocol in clinic that especially you get people on the shaga mushroom, but any of them, shiitake, maitake, garicus, poria, another incredible medicinal mushroom, turkey tail, huge, and big doses, mega dosing. Everyone's immune system is so deficient. I don't like being one of those people that's like, has a business in medicinal mushrooms and is then just, well, everyone should be on medicinal mushrooms because everyone always says that about the thing that they sell, but it's kind of happening on its own. The majority of the people in the health scene and practitioners are on some type of adaptogenic medicinal mushroom now. If they've got their wits about them, and if they are in that state where they're not relying fully on foraging, and even then they are going and foraging medicinal mushrooms, but it's just clinically too proven, too good for immune deficiency, for autoimmune, overactive immune system, but still work with a practitioner on that one. And for candida issues and all these kinds of like, you know, viral issues, bacterial overgrowth. At, the, at that point, that's an infection and you're going to have symptoms. So it's not a bad idea to work with a practitioner. Mushrooms are especially very safe and safe for the whole family. And you should be getting onto them and experimenting with them. Beautiful. Thank you. And let's go back to your products in particular. So do you have separate products for all the medicinal mushrooms or are they incorporated kind of in one product? Both. I got bunch of single herbs, like got chaga, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane, turkey tail, tremella as well. The tremella is that dessert one that's like, it's just pure mushroom, but it's just like a jelly mushroom. And it's great for the skin, right? Really great for the skin. It's a yin lung tonic. It's like for the capacity for the lung to have that yin, have that fluid and that transitions lung regulates the skin. And so you're going to see a greater capacity. I'll put it into the marketing terms now for the plumpness of the body, the skin to be maintained. And it acts like hyaluronic acid. It's one that people notice straight away. And over there, we're not getting towards late summer yet, but when we start getting to late summer and autumn, 
and it starts getting dry time, that's when that big bag of tremella starts looking very friendly because that's the time when you start really running out of that yin juice after a big fiery summer. Yeah, got them individually and also got the combinations like Mason's mushrooms. And they're all just extract powders. They've been grown and extracted really professionally and in a real superior way. So they're like, you'll feel them, get to work. You don't need to do anything to them. You can add them to boiling soups. It's not going to get destroyed. You can add them to smoothies and all that kind of good stuff as well. And then, yeah, eventually we've got capsules over here in Australia, which will eventually get over to the States as well. Yeah, your products are incredible. I've tried them. I ran out of them. So for someone like me who wants to restart your products, which one of them should I start with? Probably the Mason's mushrooms. Or for you, just go to the lion's mane because you know you have an affinity with it. And when you have like a relationship with a herb or a mushroom, like a single one, like there's something sweet about developing a friendship with it and understanding its personality and how it works specifically in the body. The Mason's mushrooms is a really great place to start. And, you know, you might even like to try that as well. It's got like the eight mushies in there, which is going to be going like, you know, full tilt on your immune system and turning it on, getting you ramped up. And there's so much other stuff that happens. Just the gut medicine, the nervous system, the regulation of the hormones that goes on. They're really magic. I mean, depending on the intention, like a lot of people are still probably very exhausted after the year that was. And I think probably up there in the most cult following product I have is the Jing blend, which is Jing is the kidney essence, the essence that lives in your kidneys. And it's your foundation, your bedrock of energy and your capacity to generate energy in your body. So as your Jing runs out, you age more prematurely, right? As your Jing runs out, you stop having endurance. This is the terminology of the Taoists. And so the Jing herbs replenish that within the kidneys and within your body. So you have more potential, greater capacity to not age prematurely and that's a big place for people to start a lot often quite people need to start on that jing just to replenish a little bit of that foundation because everyone's burning candle at both ends and everyone's stressed out as and can you use both products at the same time yeah ideally they're beautiful combination together and i can take these products every day i don't have to what will happen a lot of the time when people get onto jing for example is everyone will say start slow quarter teaspoon you'll get a sexy black jar or you get a bigger bag. It's just powder with herb extract. There's no shit in it. There's no starches in it. We've got them tested just to put things out of people's minds. Like you guys have got your FDA there. We've got TGA here. TGA is way gnarlier than the FDA. And so our standards are a lot higher. So we've got them all tested for heavy metals and aflatoxins and all that kind of stuff. We've got our mushrooms listed as like medicines. We don't have supplements like you guys. So we got them listed the same scrutiny of a drug. That's where our herbs sit within Australia. And so that's the beauty about being an Australian company. And we put our herbs through that kind of level. So you know you're getting the good, getting the good shit. When you start out, you know your body's really robust. You might just go straight to it, a whole teaspoon. But most people just want to start with a little quarter teaspoon in a tea or a hot chocolate or a smoothie or whatever. And then maybe you get up to half a teaspoon and maybe that's good for you. A lot of people their body will start to really crave more and they'll go, shit, can I go above the label dose? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. You trust your body, but this is where most people don't get it. They trust their body going on more, but sometimes they forget that these herbs don't create dependency in the way that drugs do. Even a lot of acute herbs and things do. You'll crave it and then you'll get to a point where you potentially restored the major deficiency that you had you'll perceive your capacity to build energy 
once again. And then you'll probably stop feeling like having as much because there's not more is better. It was said like in thousands of years ago, they said, take cordyceps over a long time and you'll have this benefit. You'll have a really powerful body that will ward off aging. So it was a little bit over a long time. Just remembering that after a while, listen to that part of you that's like, oh, I don't feel like it as much. And then people go, but shit, this has transformed my energy. I feel so good. If I take it away, if I stop doing it, am I going to not have that energy anymore? It's really important to go and learn that, yes, you can, you will. And I just did a little Barack Obama. Yes, we can, kidneys. Yes, we can. <laughs> so I just wanted to give that caveat. Eventually, in the beginning, just follow the rules if your mind needs it get up to half teaspoon, then that's a maintenance dose. You can do that if you want, but eventually you want them to click in and be like, become a part of the kitchen, become like a food. But yeah, you know, I still, like, I love mega dosing. I'm like a heap teaspoon of Mason's mushrooms quite regularly. I'm on the 30 days of Jing right now, off all stimulants, just on the Jing herbs, and I'm a heap teaspoon of Jing every day. I'll probably do two teaspoons most days. But that's me. My body can really. And take for it. women that are pregnant or breastfeeding, are medicinal mushrooms safe? Yeah, for when pregnant, I've got like whole podcasts and blogs on this. But just very quickly, reishi mushroom is the one that you want to be focusing on when you're pregnant. Eucomia bark is also a safe one as well for pregnancy. In the first trimester, I wouldn't push it unless you're craving reishi mushroom. Then by all means, but maybe um, to help you sleep. Yeah as a little sleep aid, but the Taoists in China, there's like a term called reishi babies. And it said the mums that take reishis while the babies are inside, they come out just connected to the world, connected to themselves. And they are like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, it's bloody true, I'm saying it, but like I've had that many mothers and that maybe it's just the fact that their nervous system is in a state where they're even ready to open up to taking something like reishi that correlates with the reishi taking and it's not actually the reishi but the reishi babies man they come out they're just like <laughs> pew and they're healthy and they're robust and there's nothing feeble about them and yeah there's something beautiful about reishi babies and then eucomia bark is really beautiful leading up to birth safe herb bringing yang to the body you use a lot of jing when you give birth so you want to make sure you've got a lot of yang jing to expel and then postpartum we've got a women's blend i think it's the women's blend it's just about to change over to what we've got here in australia called the i am gaia blend it's probably the top thing for postpartum breastfeeding mamas blood building regulating the female sex organs yeah be going for that and jing is a good combination as well always seems to be the good one jing's good for if there's immediate exhaustion and then like quite often if you kind of get a handle on your lifestyle allowing you not to get really tired which you know you're going to be tired as a new mum and dad if you get a handle on it and you're not getting really exhausted, then you don't need to rely on the Jing as much. And you can move on to those other ones like the I am Gaia that has Jing herbs in it, but then focuses on more of the body holistically. What is your take on mushroom coffee? Yeah, I think it's good. People are getting mushrooms into them. I mean, I'm friends with people that own mushroom coffee companies and I'm friends with ones that own the really big mushroom coffee companies. And I don't really mind if I meet the person that owns the company and I can see they have a connection to the mushrooms. That kind of bypasses a lot for me. And I drink coffee and I put mushrooms in my coffee. I don't do instant coffee, but that's just because I'm a bit more of a snob. But it's been a really nice way to Trojan horse this mushrooms and this mushroom renaissance into people. And 
quite often people will get access to like a larger supply of mushroom that's mixed with other stuff like that and then realize they want more out of their herbal practice. And then that's when they'll find myself or similar companies or people doing this kind of thing. And it's the same way that a lot of people were taking my herbs for like years and then realize that it's not enough for them to have an extract of a mushroom that's from another country. They want to connect to the mushrooms on their land. And it's all part of this ecosystem of getting people back connected to the land and the earth. And so we all got our part to play. Out of all your products, which one is your favorite? I feel that at the moment, I'm really proud of Mason's mushrooms just because, I mean, in Australia, like having been around for 10 years, we've kind of like really made it. Like everyone knows it basically within that niche health world. And it's bigger than I ever thought it could be this business. And we're still a family owned business. We're not huge. I don't have investors or anything like that. But people stop me on the street and like Mason's mushrooms. I go and pick up something from like Gumtree, which is like Craigslist to you guys. And so they're like, oh, you look familiar. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then they're like, oh, you're the mushroom guy. I've got your Mason's mushrooms. It's like a real part of the culture. Something really cool about it. That's probably what I'm proudest of at the moment. Beautiful. And I love asking this to all my guests. Do you believe there's a connection between medicine and spirituality? I think it's nice to see that as much as Western medicine is really specialized, and I think we all know where it's specialized, beautiful doctors who know that there's a spirit within them that they aren't able to just take the scalpel to and cut out of themselves when they walk into the hospital or they walk into their clinic. But I think it's nice to see that there's this wave of spirituality coming back. And as nature is cyclical, so are the stages and the way that humanity is relating to medicine and healing. And we saw it in Chinese medicine that thousands of years ago, there was started to be a split in the way that some people wanted to take the herbs away from where they are really spiritually thriving and you can feel the personality. And the Tao is called these the spirit, the messengers from heaven. And the Taoists wanted to get those herbs from the place where heaven could touch those herbs and the message can come through about how for us to be greater bridges and better people. But then there were the practitioners who were also like, no, let's just take them away from there and grow the herbs en masse close to the hospitals because that makes economic sense. And both of those things do make sense. When we stop collaborating on that, however, you start to see a big split. And we've got to the height of that split, especially in the 50s of Chinese medicine when a new type of Chinese medicine was basically just popped up and was like invented based on many of the principles of ancient classical Chinese medicine, but only the ones that were commodifiable. So they colonized it and they cut the spirit out and they made something that could be sold to the West, more or less. And you're just seeing that's been so prolific and it's been so prolific alongside Western medicine. Western medicine is very condescending towards Chinese medicine, Western modern traditional Chinese medicine, TCM as it's called. But you can see this wave of the spiritual intent, despite the fact that all of these lineages and all this knowledge was wiped out and all these beautiful elders and wisdom carriers had to flee to Taiwan and to Hong Kong. Like it lives. And now the weeds are starting to go in through that mechanical system and through the mechanical Western system. And hopefully we'll see more of an integration. There's always going to be some fury between those two. There's a lot of grieving to go on. 
between both sides of things. But yeah, hopefully like slowly we're just like coloring it in, coloring in what that collaboration is going to look like because we're inherently, I mean, to say that spirit doesn't have a part, you know, doesn't have anything to do with medicine is quite a boring statement. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with you. Quite delusional, really delusional. I mean, nonetheless, it's valid in some people's eyes and they're holding a particular position that maybe particular deficiency that we've got in the system that we're kind of waving the flag for. So I don't know, we'll see, see where it all gets to, but feeling quite hopeful. I mean, conversation's getting more nuanced, which is interesting. And as much I was about to say something awful that I often say about boomers, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when the next generation kind of starts taking the reins without that really indoctrinated boomer mentality, not to paint that picture on, you know, <laughs> on every, everyone in that age demographic and not to be age. I don't even like the word ages. Not to say that I see you all the same way, but I am looking forward to seeing when there's a changing of the guard. (laughs) (laughs) I think you and many others, right? I know you have your own podcast. Where can people find your products and learn more about you and listen to your podcast? Yeah, so you can find the products at superfeast.com. That's the US North American site. If you happen to be in the rest of the world listening, superfeast.com.au. Yeah, all there and yeah, reach out if you're confused about where to start, but then just go to Mason's Mushrooms and Jing. You can't go wrong. But there's some good nootropic blend. There's a great nootropic blend that the neural nectar, like the Americans, I'm like, oh, great. You know, Australia appreciates it, but people aren't onto the nootropics and the brain tonics as much as like the Americans are. So you guys are like really appreciate it. I don't know if that's because also you guys have more addictions. That's not true. We have just as many addictions, <laughs> but it's like, it's good for when you're getting off little addictions. I got friends who like help people get off Adderall and that, and they're like, yeah, get on the neural nectar just to help the brain recalibrate. And yeah, the Super Feast podcast, just where all good podcasts are listed and streamed on iTunes and Spotify. You can find the Super Feast podcast, which I co-host at the moment I'm doing most weeks. And then my wife will jump in and do a few as well. And yeah. Incredible. I've listened to a couple of the episodes. I'm excited to dive in more. Yeah, we have fun on the podcast. <laughs> Definitely don't just talk about herbs. I'm a big advocate <laughs> for non-dogmatic approach to health. And yeah, so that... And making <laughs> it fun, right? Gotta make it fun. Well, thank you so much, Mason, for being on the show and sharing your wealth of knowledge on herbs and medicinal mushrooms and just speaking on traditional Chinese medicine. It was so amazing to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Had a great time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced 360 podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.